T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sports Radio 550. All right, sticking with the theme of NFL music, my next guest, who does a whole bunch of stuff for Cover One now. Now he's on TikTok, which, frankly, is an abomination. Um, just not not him being on TikTok, just the app in general. I have refused to – listen, I, for what people know about me, I am counterculture. I don't – like a lot of things that a lot of people like. And because a lot of people like TikTok, I hate it. And I refuse to get on the network or on the platform. And we see my buddy Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, is sort of like doing great things on TikTok. He's sort of, you know, separating himself from other content creators because he's willing to get on TikTok and that's where the kids are. Hashtag the kids. Uh, but my next guest, Aaron Quinn from Cover One, is now on TikTok, which... Uh, we're approaching a time where we probably need to ban him from TikTok um, because his hot takes don't they don't belong there. There's a place for Aaron Quinn's hot takes and TikTok isn't there. Um, having said that, I want to welcome my next de- next guest, Aaron Quinn. Good afternoon, Aaron. And um, what's it like trying so hard to connect with today's youths that you're willing to, to compromise your own standards to go on TikTok? Tell me how that goes. Well, hello, kids. Uh, hello, kids here. I just wanted to say hello to everyone out there. First, Nate, thanks for having me. Of course, buddy. Oh, my man. It's been a while since we chatted. But uh, honestly, if I'm on TikTok now, it's probably time to get off the platform. But I just figured <laughs> I got too good of a face for that is true. Twitter and the audio platform. And of all the content creators, man, your face belongs much more out in front of TikTok than over here on the radio. So get your face on there. I, w- I want to see you having a TikTok account soon, too. I just, it's the whole idea of, um, uh, I'll, I don't know. I guess I, I don't like that, like, you know, they sell my information. As if, like, not every app in my freaking cell phone doesn't already do this. Uh, right. But it's just the idea that I know for a fact TikTok is selling my information to, you know, people overseas. So I just sure. don't like that about TikTok. But I digress about our, our, my okay. complaints about you. I don't want to turn this into a George Costanza thing where you and I right. just complain <laughs> about things that we hate. Because this would, right, we, we could just do a podcast, things we hate. Because um, yeah. uh, I don't want to get into Halloween with you either. Um, so, even though we agree a little bit. Um, I want to ask you, I had this conversation with Corey leading into the last break um, about teams we're most, we, I guess, are most fearful of playing and like having to get through for the Bills to win a Super Bowl. I went with the LA Chargers, and I know that's not maybe something that people share because the Chargers kind of got spanked by the Ravens, and maybe they don't look like the team um, that maybe some people thought that they would be going into this year, particularly defensively. Like, their defense has not been good, but newsflash, right. there aren't a lot of good defenses in the league. There just aren't. Um with that said, who do you fear most in the AFC? 
I mean, I'm with you right there on the Chargers a little bit because the defense isn't playing well now. But if we remember last year's Buffalo Bills, the defense here by week six, week six, seven, eight, wasn't quite where they were towards the end of the season. And they've got enough stars on that side of the ball to turn it around at any point. And they could get into a shootout with the Bills. That's what scares me is trying to find teams that when the Bills offense is grooving and the defense is doing its thing, you know, what type of teams can still move the ball on us? And it's really them. And I think the Ravens, I think the Ravens are still right there, even though they had a tough week and a tough matchup that AFC North is going to beat up on each other a little bit. So I don't know what the records will be in the end, but the Ravens are still going to be a tough out if we meet them in the playoffs. They're, they're playing good defense. And Lamar, you know, people can say what they want. He's a very polarizing quarterback, especially on Twitter, but you can't really talk about him not being able to play quarterback when he's throwing for 400 yards uh, in a game. So that kind of narrative is, is over too. So uh, those are the two teams I think the most, and until we beat the Titans, man, they're still a threat. I, I think the Bills are a better yeah. team. Eight times out of ten, the Bills will like beat them. But in the playoffs, though, it gets harder when you have Derrick Henry and he can get going, man. That's my number. Eight out of ten is the number I've been sort of – I've been sort of pounding about the Titans. I'm just, I don't fear the Titans. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I should just until they actually get over the hump. But I, I there is nothing about them that I, that worries me. I know I get Derrick yeah. Henry, but the Bills historically, particularly in the Sean McDermott era, have done maybe better than anyone hemming him in. And short of one run, right. they did that, Aaron. Like they, they, yeah. they, they let up one 75-yard run to Derrick Henry, and it was a damn good one. I mean, he is a damn good player. And maybe, maybe he doesn't get enough talk about the MVP race that he should i just i do not fear the tennessee titans well the only thing that gets me a little bit and leslie frazier spoke of it this week a little bit was just that spread of derrick henry even if he's not getting going it puts so much of your resources to stopping the run right because that's really what you want to do it does open up stuff over the top for that play action and we know the issue with the bills defensive backs has been lack of athleticism especially at cornerback number two even still a little bit with taron and you're allowing those receivers to get behind him and so just the threat of Derrick Henry still scares me. Again, until the Bills prove it, uh, that they can beat this Titans team here, they're still going to be one of those teams. I, I agree with you. I think on paper, Bills are a better team. They should win, like I said, 8 out of 10 times. But until I see it, man, it's hard to yeah. not think that they're a threat. Yeah, it's fair. And, and listen, I think at the in the AFC altogether, like there are some good teams at the top, and I just think that there maybe are the worst teams in the league at the bottom. So the Bills yeah. are going to have an opportunity to play three of those teams over the next couple of weeks here. And and I talked about this with Bruce yesterday during uh, – and Greg, Tom said, um, your, your, your counterpart there uh, on the Cover One podcast. So – I I'm interested in your thought here. What changes? What what does what has changed in the bye week for the Bills? Is it strategic? Is it X's and O's? Is it mindset? Maybe after their their Monday night loss, like what what change do you see in their game um, after the bye week here? So here's the craziest thing, right? Like especially over at Cover One, we're always kind of trying to fine comb, fine comb, brush through the team and find things that we can clean up. This team's been blowing teams out, and there's still a ton of meat on the bone on all sides, in all phases of the game. They could be playing better. And so I think it was really go into the bye week and clean things up. They know they're one of the top NFL teams, that they can hang with anybody. It's the execution. It's cleaning up red zone efficiency. Uh, I've been this last couple of days going after yards after catch. It's trying to find ways to get the ball in Diggs' hands and allow him to get some yards after catch. Sanders, too. So there's more meat on the bone on all sides of the uh, in every phase of this game, and I think that's what they're doing: cleaning up fundamentals, getting you know better tackling, 
you know, as good as Greg Rousseau has been in some of these young defensive ends, there's still liabilities in the run game. So it's getting those fundamentals down and, and taking that next step forward in their game. I think that's really what their focus was, was just, hey, let's retool. We don't have a ton of crazy injuries. You know, get find, find comb, look at the details, and really get into the fundamentals. Brian Dable talked about it. That's what separates the good teams from the bad teams in the NFL is fundamentals. Um, first of all, Michigan State just scored. Oh, come on. I've got, me. I took a break from the game just to talk to you. Yeah, and I'm going to keep you updated uh, uh, as Michigan State uh, finds ways to roll in this game because they're going to roll eventually. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the Dolphins. Um, sure. I, I think there's a lot of places we could go with this team. I am maybe one that, from the beginning of this season, I just didn't believe. I, I, I had no faith that they were a good football team. I thought that last you year... Like rallying, you just like getting the Dolphins fans going. Oh, for sure. No, no doubt. But like, I believed the things that I was saying. It wasn't like I was just right. saying them to get people mad. Like I, I wouldn't have... That's actually not true. I would have said them even <laughs> if I didn't believe them. But I really, truly did. I just... What I believed, Aaron, was that turnovers are not a sustainable model to win football games. And that team has right. lived... And now they are dying by turnovers, and they're not getting the turn. They're not turning the ball over at the same rate that they were. And not only that, but they got worse on the offensive line. They got worse at the at, at the um, at the cornerback position because, frankly, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones can't stay healthy. Um, so you're yeah. you're playing a lot of second string players. They lose their starting safety for this. So it's just like a lot of things. A lot of the the play uh, the the play calling, both offensively and defensively, the decisions on the roster have been weird for me. You know, basically getting rid of of, of Van Noy and Shaq Lawson after paying them big money in the offseason after one year it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So like, I look at this at this Miami Dolphins team, and I am not surprised, but part of me is a little surprised at how bad they've been. I I didn't think they'd be good, but I did not think one and six was going to be what they were. Yeah, no, I didn't think it would be one and six either. I think a little bit of that is courtesy of the Buffalo Bills week two, getting Tua out. And I know Tua's not a great quarterback, but he's been playing pretty well the last two weeks. And I think if he's in that lineup over the past, you know, five weeks here, past month of football, they might squeak out another win. They're pretty close to, you know, Josh Allen had referenced that they're not super far away from being a four win team here at this point. And that's the NFL, right? Uh, we did post game shows together where you, you end up talking about four or five plays that really make the difference. So they're not necessarily as bad as the record looks. I know that's a cliche, uh, but they're not the team that, you know, all these outlets pump up to us every offseason either. I think I bought in a little bit too much to some of the outside noise. It seems like they're always trying to pump up Miami as that real contender. They did it with the Patriots and they did it with the Bills this offseason. And they have some names you recognize and know, but the, it doesn't seem to be gelling. And I don't want to hear any more about uh, Flores and Greer. Yeah on the same level as uh, Bean and McDermott. Cause it's oh, not my God. You see the foundational issues with that roster, with the way they spend money and the return they get on that money. It's just a night and day difference. So they're just not at the level the Bills organization is, even though people try to sell it to us that way. Yeah, and I, I listen, I mean, they've been a disappointment, but it's sort of been their doing. Like, And I was talking yeah. with Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report about this. Basically with Flores is he gets sort of this de facto, oh, he was Bill Belichick's best assistant. Right. And I ask, without being snarky, like, why do you say that? Like, why, why do people believe that Brian Flores was – what did Brian Flores do in New England? Right. Yeah, I, I, I can't, Aaron. I can't tell you what he did. Was yeah. he was he a special teams coordinator? No, he was on the defensive side of the ball. But he didn't call uh, plays. No, he was a scout for a while, and then he moved over. He was a defensive assistant. Here's the thing: I think where he gets credit 
is a couple years ago was one of the worst rosters yeah, in football. Fair. And they and everybody was talking in the tank, and everyone was saying this team, if there's ever a team that was tanking, it was this Miami team. And he legitimately got this team to play for him. And I think people took that and ran with it as like, okay, this because the Belichick coaching tree hasn't been great when they go off on their own. And I think people took that and, you know, borderline playoff success last year, getting a number of wins. He was a coach of the year candidate, uh, at least on Twitter people were talking. I think – that type of success, uh, in comparison to the other Belichick coaching tree guys, that's where it probably comes from, that he's one of the best. But I think Bill O'Brien probably still, as weird as his tenure uh, in Houston Super went, weird. He had some he had some success, uh, mediocre success, but probably, probably still the best. Belichick coaching tree guy. Yeah, and it's to, not. To I, I think it's. I don't think it's Bill. I don't think it's Bill O'Brien's fault that someone gave him the keys to you know personnel decisions. That was sure. a yeah, poor, yeah, yeah. poor <laughs> mistake by the Houston Texans, and they're going to be. They're going to pay for that for a decade. Yeah, they're going to pay for that for a, a full decade. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. So that and that's just the way that it goes in Houston. Aaron Quinn of Cover One here on the Wester Hotline. We're talking about the Dolphins and and listen, I I. As from the beginning, when I did a uh, a podcast, Nap Knows Best, um, I made a hot take that I thought that Tua was like the sixth best quarterback in this division. And I maybe I'm going to give him more credit. I don't. I think he's been that's a little hot. He's been okay. Um, now he hasn't been Justin Herbert, and I think that's the whole issue. Is right. they picked Tua over Justin Herbert, and because he's not Herbert, it's never going to be good enough. And now yeah. they're all everyone's got googly eyes about. By the way, which is just disgusting. The googly eye and and the takes I'm hearing out of Miami about Deshaun Watson are just disgusting. Based on based on what yeah. we know, which is that he is being accused by 22 separate people and more. Frankly, they're just on record. Um, and whether or not you want to be the person that believes them, there is something where there are 22 fires, there tends to be some level of smoke. So this conversation around Watson has sort of inundated everybody in Miami. And two has become the afterthought. The quote last week, holy cow, how sad was that? Hearing him say, well, I'm not not wanted here. Like, what does that mean, man? Like, c- come on. Like, give us a little, do, do yourself a little bit more service here. But like, Tua's gone, right? Like Tua's Tua Tua's days are numbered in Miami, right? It doesn't look good. Um, the whole organization looks really bad because of this right now. I don't know that all the information that we're getting in terms of the interest in Watson is all driven from Miami. I think a lot of it's probably driven from Houston trying to yeah, sure. get generate some interest, and and I think probably from Watson's people trying to get him out. Um, it, the Watson case in general is a clear sign that. The NFL cares a lot more about talent than they do about what these guys do off the field. You only see the guys really get in trouble when the talent's not as severe or, you know, as great as a Deshaun Watson. So that's one thing. Uh, Tua, I honestly feel bad for the guy Me too. at this point because I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he is a quarterback you can win with. Uh, I don't think he's set up for success in Miami. They have not put an offensive line and uh, a good offensive line around him. That's something he needs. And uh, Herbert doesn't need that as much. And that's where he stands out at an early point in his career. The Chargers also haven't put a great offensive line around Herbert, but he can extend plays similar to Josh Allen. He can push the ball down the field similar to Josh Allen. And that helps you when you don't have a line. Tua needs things to really to be in a perfect position. I think they have the right wide receivers for Atua, but the offensive line is not giving him the time to work through any progression. I know everyone says he's a one-progression guy, and the Bills did 
expose that a little bit, right? You take away that first progression and get some heat on him, and he's going to struggle still early in his career. But I think if he can get an offensive line and be able to work to that second, third progression, he's got accuracy. He he has really good ball placement, and he has guys. If he gets that ball in their hands, they can do something with the ball. So I'm not giving up on him yet if I'm a Miami fan. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think it's going to happen, but if he can roll into Buffalo and continue his streak that he's on right now, play that type of game and beat the Buffalo Bills, I think your fan base starts to have some real belief. I think this could be a statement game for a guy like two. I don't think it happens, but this is the kind of game that keeps you around in Miami, especially after what the Bills have done to the Dolphins over the last few years. I think Tua could do just about anything and it won't matter. Yeah. That's really what I think. I like I just I don't I think the I believe that this organization has had every opportunity to throw their support behind Tua and they refuse to do it on a stage. They just, they won't do it. And that's more telling to me than any rumor about Deshaun Watson is you could have said, no, we're not interested in Deshaun Watson and still been lying, but at least have said it. We are not interested in Deshaun Watson. Tua Tungavailo is our quarterback. We believe in Tua. We drafted Tua for a reason. He is our quarterback. And that has not happened one time. Aaron. So like that to Flores, me Flores has said a little bit of that stuff, but it he has he said something true. He's felt feel like he's telling the truth. But like instead of saying, No, we're not interested in Deshaun Watson, he said things like, No, two is our quarterback. Right. Yeah, not, the messaging has they need better messaging for sure. I yeah. Think. I mean and, and I think it just goes to the point of like where I don't believe Flores was a guy that in my opinion is a head coach. I just don't think he's a head coach yeah. in the NFL. And I know that everyone wants to point to that season that he over, you know, his team overperformed. But like, how about when you actually have a good football team and yeah. you don't just over overperform, you just perform the way you should. And they have not been able to do that. So I think, and not only that, in a season that you overperformed, you needed a win against backups and you get blown out by 30 points. So, yeah. you know, it just, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to think or to feel about the Dolphins other than I think they've had and have been frauds. That's just what I believe that they are. I think they're frauds. Yeah, I think the turnovers, I think you bring up a good point. It's tough to sustain that type of turnover differential that they had a year ago. And then, you know, this year, the only thing in doing our preview show that I found that Miami's first in the league in is giving up explosive pass plays. So you mix that in, and it's a bad recipe, especially when Flores is supposed to really be the defensive mind here uh, and, and generate a good defense for you. But, yeah, I agree. I think it's something, actually, that hurts Sean McDermott in terms of getting a coach of the year is I think he is consistently meeting the expectations of his team and people don't find that to be something that's sexy to vote for him as coach of the year where Flores, you know, he overestimates a little bit or, you know, gets a 10 win season going and people are gushing over him. But really what stood out to me was when he started pulling to a Ryan Fitzpatrick and he's an indecisive guy. He has two offensive coordinators. He couldn't pick an offensive coordinator this year to run his team. Like these types of decisions and lack of, true leadership and you see it with the we were just talking about how he comments on Tua Sean McDermott you never question his leadership in this organization when he makes a decision the whole organization's behind it right now I feel like when he's making decisions he doesn't even believe uh in himself totally let alone the rest of the organization and so for that reason I'm I'm big time out on Flores as a head coach I think he's probably a fine coach a good leader of men but it, there's another level, and we're seeing it in Chicago with Matt Nagy. There's another level to being a head coach and being that executive of a team 
uh, that some guys just don't have. So I did not see this report, by the way, since we're on this Deshaun Watson uh, conversation, which I'm going to kind of switch gears and ask you about here. I did not see this report yesterday from Jason Lockenfora of CBS. The Panthers, who continually sound like they want to be in, but they also like want to like dip their toe in the pool but not actually get wet because they don't want to come off as the insensitive idiots that anybody considering a trade for Deshaun Watson would look like, that the Panthers are willing to part ways with three high picks and Christian McCaffrey in order to acquire Deshaun Watson. And I think what makes that most interesting is it sounds like the Panthers know how dumb the Houston Texans are. And, and floating a running, like one of the best running backs in the league's name out there to a team who loves running backs is sort of like low key genius. Um, yeah. Let me There's ask not you. A lot of value in McCaffrey, no, but there would be. Else. I think there yeah. would be some value in, in, in if you could get three high picks and McCaffrey, sure. McCaffrey's right. not going to play for you. Like he's just, he's right. not playing for Houston, so you could turn around and probably get another first round pick for him, um, or maybe, maybe yeah. get a higher pick, maybe not a first round pick, but maybe a second round pick. Having said sure. that, let's talk about Watson here. Does Watson change the landscape of the AFC East if he's traded to the Miami Dolphins for three first round picks and whatever else that they're going to need to give up, knowing that a that team is in desperate need of more first round picks, and b right. I don't believe Deshaun they are not Deshaun Watson away from being a contender. They're just not. So like, does he does he change the landscape for you? He well, the only thing it changes is I think it's just a tougher out. I think even on a bad team, and he showed that in Houston. Even on a bad team, he can keep a team in a game. Like he's that dynamic of a player that he can play behind a bad offensive line and put up numbers and keep a team in a game. But it, he wouldn't change this team at this point. I don't think he would change the trajectory of the 2021 Dolphins if he entered at any point here. And I also don't think that he would, uh, you know, long-term be, you know, he goes to the Dolphins next year. They're not contending with the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would feel more confident without those picks if Chris Greer showed me anything in free agency where he's not overspending yeah. and getting something out of that talent. So, you know, that's one where Brandon Bean has done a really good job in the past is getting some of those mid-low-tier free agents and getting more out of them uh, than the money that they're paying and where Greer is high, going high-end free agency and not getting the production for what he's paying. And you can't do that with a roster like they have and just throw a quarterback in and think, no, well, now we're contenders. And I think Shaq Lawson is the perfect example of this, right? Yeah. Like uh, of, yeah. of the difference between the Bills and the Dolphins. The Bills said... We believe we've gotten all the value we can get out of Shaq Lawson. He is not a $30 million a year guy. So thank you very much for your service. We're going to draft and replace. And the Dolphins said, this is a $30 million player. And they immediately, immediately regretted it. Regretted it, yeah. No, and the Bills are, have made bad decisions too. Trent, a hundred percent. Pound as I say before, they have some bad ones, uh, but more times than not, they're getting a good value, and you're just not seeing that out of the Dolphins and Greer. So for them to, you know, be willing to part with that many picks or uh, do anything crazy uh, pick wise and give up their future, I think they have too many holes, and I don't think a Deshaun Watson puts them over the hump that much. You might be able to convince some other free agents to come along because you have that guy. And he's so dynamic, but it's, it's a tough lift. I think, really, the Bills are building the right way through the draft, through frugal free agency. You know, make a big trade when you can, but don't overextend yourself with your assets because then you end up like the Dolphins and you have a team full of high-paid guys that are producing uh, not a very good clip. 
All right, let me ask you one final question uh, before we talk about the Knicks and Bulls game the other night. Um, oh, I, I have to. Uh, they're good They're good teams in the East. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Both of them are. Um, I want to ask you what your thoughts are about the Cincinnati Bengals because I think they're easily the, the most fun team in the AFC right now to talk about. Um, yeah. Because of how they're winning, because of the evolution of the quarterback, because of what was happening in preseason, and seeing Jamar Chase look like the player that he is right now, which is a bona fide number one receiver and one of the top five receivers in the game. What maybe maybe the right, the wrong question is what concerns you the most about them, and maybe the right question is what makes them so darn cool and in vogue to watch and into. And I think they're easy to root for. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Well, I think in general, the Bengals are similar to the Bills, although they had a lot more playoff success. They never really did anything with it uh, throughout the, those drought years. But I think they're one of those cities that people overlook, uh, and the Bengals are kind of always poked fun at and made fun of a little bit. So I think they're easy to like when they are having some type of success. I think Joe Burrow is a really fun quarterback to watch. I was not uh, super high on him during the draft process. I thought he got a lot of hype from LSU. Couldn't have been more wrong. He's yeah. been really awesome every time I, I've gotten to see him. And his progression has been fun to watch. If you're just a fan of, you know, who's going to be the next guy is taking over the league, you know, we were spoiled with, you know, obviously we didn't like seeing it, but Brady was, a, you know, objectively a great quarterback to watch. Big Ben had a great run. We had some great quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years. Breeze, who's going to be that next group? And you're seeing Mahomes, Allen, and I think Burrow's right there. He's going to be one of those guys that carries the NFL going forward and i think when you have fun qb play a productive offense that's just electric that's fun to watch and i agree with you i when they took chase and penny sewell was on the board yeah roasting them on twitter absolutely it's like you're 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 a defunct franchise you got a qb you can't protect them this is the worst move in their franchise history totally looks great right now eight weeks into the season they look like they made the the right move not that sewell's not going to be great this connection's electric. And so I'm happy for Cincinnati fans. Uh, that AFC North, though, man, they, I just see them all beating each other up yep. the whole way. And I don't know that any one of those teams is going to be the one to really challenge the Bills for, for that level this year. Um, that's, that's just always a tough division. They always end up beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, and, and I mean, perfect example is Cleveland, who I, I think is not, not a playoff team right now. At least They have not proven to me uh, that they have a playoff caliber offense that when they get down, they have a recipe to get back in football games. And the quarterback has just not been good. That is just that is just the case. The quarterback has not been good, and I don't care what Browns fans want to say about. Well, you know, when you really watch the film, like I, he just hasn't been good, Aaron. Yeah, I've been a Baker defender. Same. I, I do like the kid. I don't. When they said they were starting Case Keenum, I felt like a bit, bit, bit oh. of a realization. Like, yeah. is there that much of a difference between? Baker no. And by the way, there's not. There's not. Yeah. And so that's not a good spot. For, that's not what you want out of your number one pick uh, and the guy that's supposed to lead your franchise. I think the Browns can win with Baker. I don't think they can win because of him. And because of that, it just feels like you can't be a contender in the modern NFL if you can't win because of your QB. All right, we got to go to break in one minute. So before I let you go, the game the other night, mm. I, I was, I've been very... I've been really excited about the Bulls roster. I think that they're really uniquely built. This is easily the most competitive Bulls team we've seen in the last 10 years. But I, I just want your quick impression of, of how legit you might think the actual Knicks might be. Because I think they might be really good. I know. I think both these teams are very good. I hope they meet in the playoffs. Same. That game was already the marquee game so far of the year. Uh, it was a great game. I think Knicks fans 
not a Knicks fan in the world felt confident they were going to walk out of there with a win when the Bills won, or when the Bulls went on that 12-0 run. Yep. At the end, I think everyone thought the Bulls were winning that game. So I would love to see a series. The NBA is so much better when yeah. oh, New man. York, Chicago, no Boston, all these teams are good. So I'm super excited for this season, man. And there'll be a lot of going back and forth between you and I. But I think both teams will have nice playoff pushes this a- year. Absolutely, my friend. I appreciate you as always, buddy. And uh, we'll, uh, you and I will be uh, we'll be chatting soon, I'm sure. Sounds good, man. Thanks again. Awesome. Aaron Aaron Quinn of Cover One there on the Western Hotline. i got to take a timeout. We've got Darren Drager who was on with the instigators yesterday updating everyone on the Jack Eichel situation, so we'll hear from that uh, and more here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.